Hey, this is Bob Lee, and you're listening to Over the Ball with Kevin Flynn, the world's game from an American perspective. The Over the Ball Daily World Cup podcast is brought to you by Soccer America, the soccer paper of record, and by Octane Media. God damn it! We missed it! Gonna yes. take another four years. Hey, everybody, Kevin Flynn here with the last Over the Ball uh, World Cup uh, review here with uh, former... Uh, U.S. Men's National Team player, Dominic Kinnear, also MLS coach. Uh, Dominic, you know, I feel gutted a bit. Um, Pulisic puts that one away in the beginning. It's a totally different game, but got to have a, a respect for the Dutch. Pretty amazing. Yeah, they were good. The fan, I thought Van Dyke was phenomenal today. I really do. Yeah. I think he was, you know, probably the best guy in the field for the Dutch. Um, the U.S. I thought were excellent. I really, really do. I mean, mm-hmm. they did, you know, a couple times uh, defending the back post, a little bit slow to react. Um, but the one thing I loved was when Gio Reyna came on at the end there, you saw Reyna and Pulisic and Erickson, you know, doing some real nice things on top of the box. It was, you know, a case of what could be, but what will be uh, in my point of view, which I thought was uh, good. I think the team played great. Um, you know, giving up three goals, like you said, they were, they were clinical and let's be honest, they could have probably scored more. And so could have we. Right. And it was an exciting game to watch. I think our youth was there, uh, youthful, uh, fighters, Worked hard the entire time. I think, um, like I said, you go down to the Dutch early with a goal, you know, you're in a bit of trouble, and they fought back. Um, I think, you know, with Rainey, you mentioned him coming in. Yeah, that's the future. They see the, those guys working the ball in the box with confidence, with cockiness, um, something we perhaps lacked in the past that this new generation of young American players um, looks good. I think the future looks bright. It's just a bummer because the future looked, uh, the present looked like it was actually possible. Like I thought the Dutch would have slept through us a little bit. And, um, you know, you talk about Van Dyke. He is an amazing player. And I bet you people who are uh, you know, not big soccer fans don't see all the things that a man like that does in the park. Just the calmness, uh, the size he is, the speed he has, the distribution. So I think that's that's a good call. With Reyna, uh, Coach, I thought it was an interesting comment um, by the, the broadcast team basically saying Burhalter mentioned something about end-to-end. He has to play end-to-end. And I guess that would that would sort of shade Rio uh, Gio a little bit for you know not playing on the other side of the ball. Yeah, it all depends on what you want, you know, and I think in this day and age of modern, you know, football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, you know, <laughs> you really can't carry too many people, especially when you're a, a nation that maybe doesn't have the ball a ton or they're going to put away their chances. You know, you need guys working on both sides of the ball. In saying that, um, you know, at 2 nothing down, you really have to kind of go for it. Right. And I, I think when you, you know, Tyler Adams, you know, covered – as much ground as probably anybody in these first four games of the World Cup. He's been phenomenal. My God, you know, he's wonderful I, to watch. Yeah, he's been great. And I think, but I think if you have the talent going forward, um, and he is a bit of a risk taker on top of the box. He runs like his dad, which is kind of fun to see. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think when you when you look at the overall thought of what was going into the World Cup, what was talked about, what was needed. Yeah, you know, I, I truly believe that you know a number nine. Uh, a true number nine, you know, maybe a Josie out the door five, six years ago would have been the perfect complement for this group um, because they did right. play some great stuff. We weren't especially dangerous on set pieces, which uh, a big guy up front can also be a, a part of. Um, but explain, yeah, I, Dominic, explain that a little bit because I think there was a specialty coach hired for that purpose and it seemed very uninspired uh, pretty much throughout. I, uh, we even, uh, you know, Stu Holden was asking, like, geez, when's something going to happen? Like, something a little a little different, and it never did. 
Yeah, I think with, for me, Kevin, you know, and I, I, you know, been a part of some good teams. We had a guy called Brad Davis in Major League Soccer who's, you know, delivering on set pieces was second to none in my opinion, especially great player for a left footed guy, you know. So, I, you know, and you need three things you need delivery. If you don't have delivery, you know, service and, and aggression mean nothing, you know. But once you have that delivery and you have that timing, you have a, a good amount of aggression, you can cause problems for any team in any type of setup, whether it be man to man, zone, zone, man to man, whatever you like, you know. Mm. Um, and it was like, oh, just was a bit of a mixed bag. You know, I think Felicity's service at times was a little bit questionable. And then when it was, the runs uh, didn't seem to be spaced out enough. So who knows? Like, it's, you know, the easiest thing to do is coach somebody else's team and, and poke holes in what was going on. But I thought yeah. it was the one part of our game um, and this whole thing that um, we didn't really look especially dangerous on, which is which is a bit uh, unfortunate. You know, in, in our in our region, we tend to do we dominate in the air a little bit, and I think the Dutch uh, matched us up, especially with Van Dyke in the center of the box. It uh, changes the whole dynamic. Hey, you know, um, it's just such a they, they countered so well, and they had so much speed, but so did we. Um, you know, watching Jordan Morris. Ch- uh, chase back uh, you know when he got in late obviously so he's fresh but jedi robinson i mean put in a hell of a workload on both sides of the of the the ball and um you know speed kills and we have a lot of it but they did too and you know triangular tiki tackas like out of the back quickly is is pretty amazing the way they played you know the crazy thing for me was and my i was watching the game with my son Mm -hmm. here on the couch and the whole time we were going daily blind look so slow Slow, i know and it was a couple times you see it's it's like he he can't even you know sprint the way he was running we were it was almost like he was a moped in a way you know and then funny enough last kick the ball the sec the first half here's daily blind kind of arriving at the uh at the back post and Dest kind of you know loses concentration for a little bit but in the first half especially with Dest and Wea going down that right hand side and really picking on him was a positive for us yeah and then obviously in the second half, they do make, you know, and you have Nathan Ake over there who covers as a great center back, as we all know. Right. Um, and the game does change a little bit with Reyna where you're not really picking on daily blend. It becomes a little bit more central. So, um, but, you know, like I said, enough chances to, uh, to score more than one. I mean, Haji Wright scores the most incredible goal in the World Cup for the Americans. Really? Just, I don't even know what it was. <laughs> Dude, I don't know what it is. He does miss a, a, a chance just seconds before that, you know, so... Um, uh, guys, you know, Dominic, in, when I was playing, we used to call that an elephant touch, just the big bunk. And, yeah. uh, it, you know, he, he uh, I think he was trying to cross the ball. I'm not sure what he was trying to do in that first touch, but it was going to be a wide open net. And uh, he mistouched it. I thought, look, I'm not going to get on him because he's, it's a hell of a story. But I will say that he's the one player I thought looked really nervous and tentative. And you've been in these big games, big crowds. You got gamers and sometimes you don't. So I hope. I hope the kid has, you know, continues to, to uh, prosper and do well, and it comes back and helps the team, you know, as they move forward to the next cup and the next group of games. But I thought he had a bit of stage fright. We we call it. He did. I thought Jesus Ferreira did as well. You know, yeah. and, and when you see the lineup and you go, okay, Jesus Ferreira, he's about the size of me. You know, not the biggest guy, right. and he's going up against uh, Van Dyke and Nathan Ake. So a little bit of an advantage physical, physically wise uh, for the Dutch. Now, if he comes off into midfield, it kind of clutters things up possibly a little bit. So you need that kind of that guy. And I thought Haji Wright, as far as a, a, a player in a position, he did stretch the field a little bit and he did occupy Van Dyke and Ake where I don't think they were too right. bothered, you know, in, in the first half. So that part of it, I think helped. It was just, uh, you know, his goal kind of defies logic and physics uh, <laughs> all in the same sentence, you know, it was an incredible goal. And you just thought, well, with the goal here, a little bit of luck, 
the momentum changes. Um, it did change. It, it did change. And I thought, you know, up until that third goal, the U.S. were really on top of them. I think yeah. you have to give credit also to the Dutch keeper, Kevin. You yeah. know, not only is Savon uh, Pulisic and way in the first half, but just his command of the box. I mean, time the ball was up in the air. There's only one winner there. I think it helps being six foot eight with long arms, you know. Yeah. So I think the Dutch did defend their <laughs> box pretty well. I'm five eight, so I don't know. I don't know whether the weather is like that. The guy had snow in his head. That's how tall he was. Um, you know, Jedek got beat in the back post. It looks like Reem. They didn't switch off. I, I think there was just poor communication there, and Reem turned around. and was like, you know, where where did he come from? Because yeah, it was, yeah. And uh, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. Because if you if you see the replay, and Matt Turner seems to be pointing to to one of them to pick up uh, the player. Yes, I mean. You know, and I think. Robinson was so engaged with the player in the box, he didn't want to let him go. And as you know, it's like you don't really play zone. And when you have a guy in the box, you kind of stick with them. You know, them. I mean, was there enough time for them to switch off? Possibly so. I think Robinson probably thought he was in the right, sticking with the center forward. Yeah. And obviously the back post. And then when you see the finish, I mean, it's not exactly a, it's a it's a good hit, but it comes off of his shin. So um, yeah, you know, it's it's a bit it's of just, it's the game. Yeah, it's you our know, game. It's, you know, yeah. and I, I thought. In the second half, it's the one. Even though they probably weren't going to win the game, as I was watching it, like I said, it's a, it's a, it was a sign of things to come here. Right. You know, like I said, with Aronson and and I Adams, Musa, you know, all these, you know, Pulisic and Reyna, you know, the name just kind of you know come off very easily because you're yeah. excited about the players here. You know, I think it's just the point of now. Can we get that guy who's your who's your game winner? You know, your 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 center forward who can score a goal out of nothing when you're under pressure. Can a guy win you the game? And a lot of the best teams in the world and the best club teams in the world have that, you know. So can we get that one here in the next two to four years that will, you know, find those little slight passes, can can score you a goal out of nothing on the road under pressure? I think when you have that, you know, the future looks very, very bright. You know, and I think those attributes are really American qualities. And so I think it's just a matter of time before it translates into a nine. Uh, but we're all waiting. We're all waiting. But certainly that midfield is is world class. Absolutely. And, you know, Musa, who grew up in England, England finally develops a great midfielder and he's he's playing for the United States. I love it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, Dominic, you, you know this game. It breaks our heart. It, it really does. And uh, it can change in a heartbeat. And it's funny. You give that Pulisic that, oh, that chance in the beginning. Eight out of ten times, that kid's slotting that. You give Daily Blind eight out of ten chances, he'd miss eight. He no. missed nine. He hit the one he did and, uh, you know, ran over and saw his father there. So it's a it's a it's a beautiful game. I know your dad, you know, meant a lot to you with this game. It's something you pass on forward to, to your kids. You're doing it now. You're sitting there with your son. Um, I think there was a lot to be very proud of uh, of this team. Uh, they gave us a lot of hope, uh, a lot of class. They're young. Uh, they're diverse. It's uh, it's wonderful. It's America. And uh, I think, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Good things for the future. You talked about it a little bit, but do you think the sky's the limit for this team? I mean, yes. It's. Uh, I think also because this group went through a round of qualifying in CONCACAF, so, and they saw the, you know, almost the, the outhouse and the penthouse all in all in the space of, uh, of two years here, you know, because you go from the World Cup, and now you got to go back to qualifying where you got to go to Guatemala. You got to go to, you know, El Salvador, where it's a little bit, it's a different game completely. So, yeah, well, talk, talk about that a little bit because you've played in those places and how difficult it is to get out of qualifying. Because I think a lot of Americans don't understand that just to get to the World Cup, just to get to qualify is a huge win for many countries. Italy's not in it this year, imagine. So, and then, how difficult the the atmosphere is and the conditions are when you when you try to qualify for these cups and these games. I, I think it's one of those where you know a lot of these kids 
they've grown up in academies and they've grown up with MLS teams. So, the, you know, the, the facilities and how they're taken care of has been wonderful. I don't think they've really seen a bad place uh, in their life. Now you go into yeah. qualifying where you have to go to El Salvador, Honduras, Panama, whatever where you want to be. The stadiums are, are you know, old and decrepit. The fans hate you. The atmosphere is, is something that you don't normally see when you're a young kid growing up in these academies. So I think it's toughened them up a little bit um, as far as, as how they how they go here. I mean, you, you know, look at what we have with you know players of Arsenal. And, you know, even though you want to say Fulham, Fulham's going to be not a great team in England, but they are this year. And, and two of our guys are playing for Fulham are starring for them. You know, then you have guys at Chelsea and Juventus and Leeds United. And, and obviously Ken has his hat on there uh, su supporting those guys as well. Um, so, yeah, it's is the sky the limit? You never know, because um, we, you said that about the, the Belgians and, and their golden generation. Right, know? right, right. So you, you can only say, well, you know, we know we have good players. A, can they remain healthy? B, can they remain motivated? Um, and, you know, who, who's going to take this team forward is if, if Greg's going to take them forward? I think it's a good thing. I've, I'm always a, a proponent of an American coach coaching the American team. Um, sure. So it sees it, it kind of says, OK, where are we going now? Remember, we finished third in CONCACAF, so it wasn't an easy qualifying. qualifying no, yeah. You know, so now that it comes to the point of, hey, look, we should not qualify third. Let's let's smoke CONCACAF like they were doing just, you know, previously, you know. Right. And so and I think Bruce Arena, I read an article of his and I think it was a good point that he made. Um, I don't know if the games were, were strong enough leading up to the World Cup here. And I think you really have to pick and choose. And obviously you want to pick and choose the teams and, and the style that you're playing against. But I think we have to go out the next World Cup before they play and play the top teams um, and, and not play some some games where it's like, hey, it's 0-0, but we're, we're working on our game. No, no, let, let's let's work and try and win our games um, against the top teams. As a team, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that too, because I think people have mentioned that as a problem with the women's uh, national team as well, because they don't really have tough games and then they got to go into you know into the cup or a big tournament and it's you're playing tougher competition than they have in their region so that's a good point i think a lot of people thought that after a couple of the friendlies it was like just kind of like wasted time we were just trying to still fill the roster not play the team and i think that was frustrating for a lot of people um one really positive note man has probably played his last game for the national team is tim ream i thought i thought you know he played really well i thought he had a good cup i don't know uh you know, there's been a lot of, you know, tweets and stuff about the defense and Zimmerman sort of trying to come out of the back. And but I thought overall, uh, Tim Ream played really, really well. He's had a hell of a career uh, as an American kid going over there and and learning the beautiful game. I thought he was excellent. Yeah. You know, and I think to come out and he, I mean, he has been part of the World Cup pitcher, I think, or the World Cup team pitcher in about a year. Um, and I think his even in his, his inclusion into the squad probably raised some eyebrows. But I thought as far as, you know, you know, I don't even put a foot wrong, really. And right. the World Cup's passing out of the back was excellent, which we always knew he's a quality player when it comes to his passing. But we always thought, okay, his defensive, you know, can, can, he, can he stick it at the top level, which the first time Fulham went up, he, I thought he struggled. And I, he'd probably admit that as well. Mm -hmm. I think this year he's playing well for Fulham. It, it showed in his, his play in this World Cup. I thought he, like I said, I thought he was excellent the entire time. Really was. And I think it's one of those you look and you go, okay, 34, 35. Now you're like, okay, if this is what you're doing at 34, 35, wish you could roll back the clock and have him again because I think he was an inspiration to a lot of the players there. Yeah, this is the thing with getting American players uh, the, that level of uh, playing time early. Um, I think that the question with Tim was when he got put outside, the outside back, he just doesn't have the wheels for it out wide. and But inside, it it 
it all worked. So, uh, so props to him, an amazing career. It's not over yet. He's still in the prem, um, and, uh, and good stuff. So I, you know, a real up and down thing. I, I was in it the whole way. The guys didn't quit, but I tell you that third goal was the one I was like, ah, damn it. It would have really, uh, the pressure was on, was on the Dutch. And, um, so, uh, the guys can hang their heads high. Uh, they played well. And, um, so what happens to this team now as they, they basically are done. They're all on flights, but they're all on flights to different places, right? Do they take a team flight home or what, what happens uh, there? I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe they go to, to one place like, you know, and they go to Paris or something like that as a group and then take their respective flights to their clubs and, and, and go on from there, you know, or get a couple weeks off. They go on holiday, your Christmas coming up, and then their leagues start up again. So I really couldn't tell you. Um, <laughs> but when, when you look at it, you know, Lucci Gonzalez, an assistant coach, is heading to the San Jose Earthquakes. You know, so there's uh, there's some good movement here. Um, like I said, we'll see what happens in the next calendar year about who the I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Greg is out of contract. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens with the direction. I'm sure some people would like him to go as with any coach. Some people would like him to, to stay. Um, I think he's done a good job. Like I said, before. yeah, I like an American coach. I really do. And I think there's some good ones out there that can take this team forward. He's definitely one of them. Yeah, and, and I, I would agree with that. Uh, you know, you're a coach. It's I do not coach because I think it's impossible. I don't have the brains or the head for it, but the criticism and, you know, even when people aren't seeing what you're trying to do, it's it's really thankless uh, at the end of the day. Uh, you know, you can win the cup and people will still criticize you. So uh, I think he's done a good job. Uh, he always talked about his system. It seems like he's implemented it here a bit late maybe for some people's, uh, you know, desire, but it, it's – I saw them playing in a system and, and they played well. So, uh, so good things for them. And as you said, as Bridget Bardot once said, uh, there's always Paris. So they'll, uh, they'll head to, the, <laughs> I think, I think that was, I think that was Bridget Bardot. So, uh, <laughs> Hey Dom, I've enjoyed talking to you about this uh, so much. It's uh, been wonderful to, to be a part of this over the ball podcast, uh, the special work up edition. Uh, what's up for you, man? What's next? Uh, I'm in California for now uh, through the holidays. I'll head back to Cincinnati in early January. Preseason starts. Actually, Paris and Cincinnati are just wonderful in the winter and spring. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, I'm in L.A. next week, so let's get together. We'll grab, yeah. we'll, well, let's grab a cocktail. Six hours uh, car drive north of you, so if you feel like getting your car and coming up here. I've been working out, so I'll probably jog. So I'll come out. <laughs> yeah, so we, we head back. Uh, preseason starts first week of January in, in MLS, and the first game, I think, is in the last week of February to start off the regular season. So we'll see what happens when the regular season comes out. Hopefully we'll make a trip to L.A. and uh, play the Galaxy or LAFC, and, and hopefully you and I can sit down and, and catch up uh, face-to-face. Sounds good, my friend. Dominic Kinnear, former U.S. Men's National Team player and uh, MLS coach. Thanks for joining us on Over the Ball. All right, everybody. It's all the time we have. Our hearts are broken, but uh, there's a lot to look forward to as this great game continues to grow in our country. And uh, my friend Dominic has been a big part of helping it grow in, in this country. I have, I haven't. <laughs> so, hey guys, <laughs> for all of us on Over the Ball, we'll talk to you next time on OTP. Call or text us at 424-229-2247. That's 424-229-2247. 